The very first thing that is extremely helpful to me and my clients is Google Docs and Google Collaboration. You can do it on other um, softwares, but if you're using something that is on the cloud real time, you and your clients easily collaborate and it's amazing, like it's so powerful. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Jessica Edward. She's more than just a marker there. She's a professional writer, designer, speaker, business strategist, and photographer. As a mom of three-year-old and wife, she continues to work around the clock to ensure her client's success. Just started her business on her own in 2020 after graduating with her MBA in the midst of the pandemic, quickly realizing her passion to help struggling or start businesses succeed in the ever-evolving marketplace. In fact, she is writing a book coming out this year to better empower entrepreneurs to pivot their marketing strategy to a digital one so they can maintain their market share and better compete with the big box stores and online retailers. Jess is known to be meticulous, tenacious, efficient, and ethical with 100% client satisfaction. She never gives up and does everything possible to ensure her client's success. Let's listen into this episode with Jessica Edward. Jessica, how are you doing? Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How are you, Janae? I am doing excellent. Awesome. We've been chatting back and forth for the past few months, and you know, we've we've been following each other's journeys, and it's it's been really inspiring to see what you've been up to and what you're doing. Thank so you. Thank you for taking the time. Let's jump right in. Tell us a version of your journey that no one's heard of before, or most of my audience haven't heard of you. So let's just start with the beginning. Yeah, so I've always been an entrepreneur ever since I was 21. I started a retail business with $2,000 and turned it into 20 in my first month. So, you know, I've just always been someone who's extremely driven. And when I finished my bachelor's, I decided to go back and get my master's degree when I was a brand new mom. And when I graduated uh, with my master's, it was in the very beginning of COVID. 
And I noticed that businesses really had to change their the way they did business, the way they marketed, the way they presented themselves in order to keep up with all of the changes. Um, digital marketing has always kind of been around for the last 20 years, yeah. but it wasn't necessary until more recently. Like if you're not online, you're, you're not in business. So um, I saw this change happening pretty early on and I realized that it was my passion to help businesses. And that's why I went back to get my MBA. Mm-hmm. But this was the way to do it was to use my skills and my knowledge and everything about business and how to market and how to sell and help people, local businesses compete with the big box stores and the online retailers so they could stay in business. Because um, I realized that if local businesses aren't thriving, the community's not thriving. So as a new mom at the time too, I realized that I need to make a bigger difference in my community. And this is how I can do that. So um, I've already helped a lot of local businesses and mm. it's very fulfilling. It's more fulfilling. I tell them all the time. I'm not interested in stacking up piles of gold. I'm interested in making a difference in my community and, and helping others do the same. Man, I love that. You know, when we help another human, it invokes something in us, right? It just wakes up that passion of humanity because we're actually bringing so much change, so much transformation in their lives. Yeah, right? it's, it's, And there's nothing more rewarding than bringing someone's vision to life and they yeah. just jump up and down and scream and are excited and almost cry because they're like, this is exactly what I imagined. I just could never have done this myself. And it's the yeah. best feeling in the world to, to bring their vision to life like that. So I love it. That's beautiful. You know what you just said right here, right? It's something that they imagined it would be like, mm-hmm. but it's, you, you can't always do it by yourself. You can't as a business owner, you're already wearing like, many hats you know yeah. you're doing especially if you're a small business you're usually doing the accounting and the mm. hr and the hiring and the sales and the supplier relationships and everything and if i can just take one thing off their plate and it's something so important honestly yeah. uh digital marketing it takes so much work and so much time and it can be very overwhelming to try to run your business and then also try to run your marketing i feel like they're completely two different jobs and you know, having someone like myself or, you know, another agency on your staff can just mm-hmm. really make it all the difference in the world. Then you're not worrying about, oh, did I post today? Did I yeah. write today? Did I take pictures? You know, because someone else is doing a lot of that for you. You're, you're absolutely right. And it requires a totally different part of your brain mm-hmm. to do to do all of that. You know, you, you have to be ahead of the curve. You got to see what's happening in the space what time of the year is it how can we use utilize you know already marketed holidays and whatnot in our business you know right. setting up promotions and marketing it, it's 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 absolutely more than a one person job yeah and at a lot of jobs i've had before i always felt very limited i wasn't using like the full capacity of my brain yeah. and with this i'm able to use kind of that more technical part of my brain the more logical side and then the creative side as well and it's very, I don't know, fulfilling. I'm using that word again, but mm-hmm. it's extremely fulfilling to not be limited and to have like kind of a full reign over the entire capacity of, you know, what I'm capable of. Yeah. So it's awesome. And 
I really like to learn about my clients and their business and, you know, match, like you were just saying, like those seasons or those changes in the market to what's relevant to them. You know, not everybody will want to talk about St. Patty's Day on St. Patty's Day, but if it makes sense to them because they're selling, you know, products that are related to that in any way or something, um, you know, like an entertainment business or something like that, then, you know, just knowing what will relate to their business and not just being generic. Like a lot of agencies can be just, oh, let's post it on St. Patty's Day because it's St. Patty's Day. Well, that's not always the best strategy, you know, based on- Exactly. There has to be some kind of story, some kind of binding message there that makes sense. Yeah, to connect it to the audience. To connect it to to their audience, right. And if you think about- if you think about digital marketing itself, there's so many things, so many intricate details inside digital marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You got content, copywriting, e-commerce, you got reputation, you got video, live video, audio, search engine optimization. There's like so many subcategories that nobody even thinks about when they talk about digital marketing. They just think, oh, it's a social media. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually why I'm writing my book here this year, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more later, but my book is to kind of help entrepreneurs from any stage of um, business, you know, with no marketing experience to some, to a lot, to really understand all the components of digital marketing, because it is a lot. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and it can be hard to just focus on social media or you got to look at the whole picture. So my book is designed to help people understand the components, but how they all kind of connect and work together so mm-hmm. that when you're using like a overall strategy, you know how to do those things in every component, whether it's YouTube, whether it's social media, whether it's your website, whether it's social search engine optimization, Yeah, kind of creating a strategy that implements all those components is like the focus of my book. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely excited to see when the books come book comes out and we can more about it. Yes, I've had a lot of progress so far in the last couple of months. It should be published this summer. Nice, so. very cool. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you've always been an entrepreneur. Walk us down, like what was your very first experience as an entrepreneur? Well, I'm sure everybody can remember doing school fundraisers, right? Mm. So I was probably in first or second grade Mm -hmm. and they were like doing this presentation at an assembly. This is what you can win. And this is what you can win. And I've always been the person that I don't want to win this little thing. I want to win the big thing. I want to win everything. Right. (laughs) So I would, you know, without anybody telling me or my mom never encouraged me or anything. I mean, she encourages me, but you know, she never pushed me to do it because she, it was up to me. I went door to door and this was back going door to door as a young girl was mm-hmm. okay. It was safer. Yeah. And I would knock on doors everywhere, you know, blocks and blocks radius. And I would sell to every person I could. Mm-hmm. I had crazy conversion rates, honestly. And I just always like strove towards like goals, even in school and everything. Yeah. It was like, I had to have an A, I had to be top of my class. I had to. So it was always that I have to be the best at what I do mentality mm-hmm. that really led me into entrepreneurship because I realized as I grew up that I have an entrepreneurial mindset and like that, that I'm just so driven and internally motivated to, to be the best that I can be. So I just kind of carried that, you know, even Girl Scout cookies and all that kind of stuff. And then when I was, um, you know, 14, I started working as a volunteer and then at 16, I had a real job, um, Mm -hmm. getting paid and that was a waitress. 
And even as a waitress, it is similar to an entrepreneurial mindset if you make the most of it, because you can go and you can show up and you can do the bare minimum and make some money. Yeah. Or you can go and do the most and treat your customers the best and just bend over backwards for them. You can make the most money. So I've always seen just potential and knowing that, okay, this is, I can make this much. So I'm going to do everything I can to do that and make the most of my potential. So that started really early on. And then when I was 21, I had $2,000 in the bank and uh, bought inventory, signed a lease with the mall and started my business. And like I said, in the first month turned into 20,000. So I couldn't believe it. I put all the cash in an envelope and I had my credit card receipts. And at the end of the month, I counted everything. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, that's when I I kept doing that. I did that for four and a half years. And the mall business was going downhill pretty quick. And it was more in the Midwest, there's almost more thieves and there were shoppers in the mall. Like people were boosted and stolen from a lot. Um, People would come in garbage bags and just dump them in. Yeah. Yeah. Because they would take the products. Yeah, they would go in and they would just boost a whole bunch of products. And a lot of you come to find out a lot of stores don't prosecute. So people who know that would come in and do that. And Mm -hmm. so the clientele was just kind of becoming less and less. So I started to, you know, I I see the future, I I think, a little bit. And I was like, all right, well, the malls are kind of going downhill. I'm going to take my business, sell it off to someone. And then I went back to school. So nice. That's awesome. Um, And so so you've had a lot of success. Did you have any failure and and did that help you learn more, you know, learn to be a better, better entrepreneur? Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say that I fail. You know, of course, I talk about my success, but none of that would have happened without failure. You know, when I was in my retail business, you know, I would have employee issues and getting stolen from or forecasting issues where I didn't have enough inventory and I was selling out too fast. So I had to constantly pivot and adjust and realize like, okay, well, I need to do it this way now. I need to make an inventory management system. I created all of that from scratch. I was completely self-taught. And I kept learning through these failures. And then after my MBA, I taught myself how to do search engine optimization, taught myself how to do website design. And you know, I made mistakes. I didn't know how to do everything I I wanted to do. I was like, this is my vision, but I got to figure out how to do it. And so I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but the reason I have the name meticulous is because everyone who's worked with me knows that even if I have a typo or an error, I'm going to go right back. I'm going to fix every little tiny thing to make that website perfect. But then I had a really big failure last year. I trusted in the wrong client and Mm. they were a nonprofit and they were church. So I believed in him when he said he had this like big donation coming and I worked for free for three months. Oh, wow. Which is a quarter of my year, you yeah. know? So yeah, I ended up having to fight with him over getting paid and it was just a whole huge thing. But I really learned from that, like how to that and other things, like how to set up boundaries with my clients and expectations and payments and invoicing and, yeah, you know, no matter how much I love my clients, which I do, I'm becoming a lot more, I'm like really making my processes better so that I don't get taken advantage of. And then I get the full value for my time and my efforts, you know? Absolutely. So I've raised prices and I've changed my processes, everything. So throughout this last few years, I've definitely changed a lot and it's all been because of different failures or different the mistakes different that have been made, you know? No, that's that's so true. and and. And because of these failures, you're you're for the better, right? Because mm-hmm. you see what's not working, 
And we, we are, we're always looking at the example of Thomas Alva Edison and how he knew 10,000 ways a light bulb cannot be created. Right. Right. <laughs> it's that 10,001 time that makes exactly. all the difference. Yeah. That made all the difference. So that's it's amazing to be able to learn from those mistakes and then move on forward and not just be, you know, it's it. It depends on how fast you get back up instead of just laying down there. Oh, no, I fell down. Right. Right. I mean, after that three months, I will say I was extremely discouraged. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like maybe I'm, you know, I had those self-limiting thoughts of like, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not, you know, I, I've definitely had moments where I've doubted myself, but then you know, I had to force myself. Like I, I told myself, like it was very conscious of, no, you're telling yourself that because you messed up, but mm -hmm. just one mess up isn't going to change your future. You've got yeah. this, you put too much work into this. You put too much effort and money into this. You have to make it work. Yeah. So like consciously forcing myself to kind of get over that hurdle and move on mm -hmm. was like the biggest part of that failure was knowing that that wasn't the end, you know, yeah. it's just part of the journey. So you kept, you kept yourself motivated, motivate, you know, motivating yourself and inspiring yourself to keep going because success is just around the corner. Did you also have community around you that also supported you and encouraged you? Yeah. Um, I believe a lot of my very close community doesn't fully understand, you know, what I do and all yeah. the hours, you know, oh, stop working so much. You're going to burn yourself out. So I, I have community, but some of them will uh, think they're helping, but really they're, they're making me feel like I work too much. Right. But I would just tell them, hey, what do you think Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates did or, you know, the exactly. maker of Facebook? They worked a lot until yeah. they scaled up their business. And that's what, you know, you have to be willing to do that at first. It, it doesn't make sense to everybody to, right, to it work doesn't. 16 to 48 hours in a day because I've pulled all-nighters. I've worked yeah. 48 straight hours because when you get into a project, it's hard to walk away until it's done, right? Yeah. So they, I have a very good amount of people who do support me, but sometimes their support can be a little like... Mm -hmm. A little they, jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they care about me as a person more than like the business, you the know. Business, yeah. But my husband has been my number one supporter. He there sees go, all yeah. the work I do every day, and he's constantly like bragging on me. And he's brought me clients from his job because he doesn't stop talking about how amazing his wife is. So yeah, like, I will yeah. say he's a really awesome supporter. And then yeah. I had um, a really amazing client. Her name's Victoria. She runs a business coaching business mm -hmm. and then also a publishing company. And she has been like one of my number one supporters because she also is like, you know, entrepreneur and sees a lot of what I'm doing. And she uh, has been cheering me on pretty hard, like, so I really appreciate even my clients are my supporters. So mm -hmm. their success is my success and vice yeah. versa, you know? Exactly. And then my mom, she was my first client. She's an artist. So I made her very, her very first website I ever made mm -hmm. was for her. And she kind of helped challenge and push me along the way to keep improving, you know, my skills. Yeah. And my mom's an artist. So a lot of my creativity side comes from her. My dad's an IT. He's nice. um, master Microsoft certified or something like that. Like the mm -hmm. top certification you can get. Yeah. And so I get my more technical um, knowledge from him. You got the arts and the, you got the logic mm -hmm. all coming in. That's amazing. Yep. You know, when you mentioned that your husband is the biggest supporter yeah. because 
you're you're with the with you you're with your spouse you're you know they see you the struggles that we go through right and and mm -hmm. when they support you you know that you're going to make it that you're going to be successful yeah i mean just today my son is sick and mm -hmm. my husband stayed home from his job so yeah. i could work at my job and you know that's a really big thing when you think about the fact that I work from home, like a lot of spouses might be like, well, you work from home, you stay yeah. home with the son, right? Yeah. But he knew just how jam packed my day was today. And he was like, I'm just going to stay home and let you focus. So it's, it's really huge for him to, to be such a great supporter. I couldn't have done this without him. That's amazing. I love that. So you keep yourself motivated, your family and your, your partner, your clients, they keep supporting you. They keep you motivated. Mm -hmm. What do you have planned for the next, for the future? You know, how, where would you like to see yourself be in the next five years, let's say? I have very big lofty goals, just like I inspire my clients too as yes. well. You can't get to the stars if, you know, you shoot for just those only or, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have pretty big goals, but, um, with my book, I am wanting to kind of build a platform on that book to inspire, uh, entrepreneurs, motivate mm -hmm. them, empower them. And on that platform, I would like to do some more speaking like this, um, and show people that you can fail, you can mess up and you can make a lot of mistakes along the way and still achieve success. Like a lot, uh, the entrepreneurial mindset is a big focus of what, my book is about too, yeah. not just how to do it, but also the mindset that you need to encompass to be successful in business. So I really want to inspire people who feel like they can't do it or that they've been told they can't do it or that they don't have the skills or the tools or anything like that to, yeah. to do it. Like, cause, um, I've never been like a natural at building websites. You know, I've taught myself how to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much that you can do if you believe in it. Yes. and you work for it it's not just believe, like i hate the saying if you dream it you can do it no if you work for it you can do it right so yes. that is my thing i actually was creating a graphic today where i took this cheesy if you dream it you can both do it thing mm -hmm. and i crossed out dream and i put work for it because yeah. i genuinely believe that dreaming is not enough that you have to truly work for it every single day yeah. And even yes. if it's, you have a day off, you're still checking your email or you're still making a plan or you're crossing one thing off that to-do list. Yeah. So I would love to be on that stage, you know, helping people all around the U.S., if not yeah. further, learn how to do it themselves and teach them and inspire them and motivate them, especially women entrepreneurs, too, because there's, you know, an influx of them, uh, women becoming entrepreneurs, but yeah. they still, I feel like, aren't quite as supported as they should be. So. I would love to do that. I would love to come out with a couple more books. I already have ideas and outlines mapped out for them nice. um, to build on what I'm doing in the first book and just really inspire people. Like I said, I'm not interested in building up sacks of gold. I really want to create something bigger than myself here, you know, like um, a legacy, something mm -hmm. that will create my or make my son proud in the long term too. you know, something that's permanent, you know, where people really see like, Jessica, she's the one that helped me make this business. You know, I just want to help people. So yeah. truly that's I love that. I absolutely love that. That's amazing. And have Jess my business be na nationwide too, eventually. Yes. I help people here in Florida, but I do have clients all over. I have one in Minnesota. I have a couple in um, North Carolina, one in Illinois. So, nice. you know, just want to grow my business as well. I love and, that. I absolutely love that. a lot of people. <laughs> and bring, yeah, more 
bring more people in the team so that you can and that's how you grow right to scale you need more people and as you're teaching and as you're you're sharing your knowledge and and everything becomes much easier to bring in people that's going to help with the movement Right. Working on scaling right now. Um, I, that's another one of those failures. You hire the wrong people. They can make your business look bad. Yeah. You know, you, you got to find people who care about your business as much as you do, which is yeah. pretty hard because as an entrepreneur, nobody does. So right. that has been a kind of a challenge, but I have a new team starting and I have some more people growing and I'm creating processes to train them with screen recordings nice. and everything like that. So I can, you know, bring people onto the team so much easier. So no, I love that. Absolutely love that. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing the the beautiful wisdom and, and the learned stories through your own failures and, and in the face of failure, still getting back up and, you know, keep doing it. I love that. After the break, Jessica's going to share with us three hacks to take away for our audience over here so we can take that and, you know, run with it immediately. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. All right, we're back. Hey guys, welcome back. If you've been listening, we've been speaking with the meticulous Jess, Jessica Edwards, and we've been talking about her journey, how she faced failures and came out on top and she is growing her business. She's writing a book and she's gonna share with us three hacks to take away that has enabled her clients, her people that she's been working with to go from zero to hero. So Jessica, take it away. Okay, so the very first thing that is extremely helpful to me and my clients is Google Docs and Google Collaboration. You can do it on other um, softwares, but if you're using something that is on the cloud real time, Mm -hmm. you and your clients easily collaborate and it's amazing. Like it's so powerful. I've saved so much time on the phone, you know, going back and forth and all the emails back and forth by just creating kind of templates inside of Google. I make a copy of that template and it has questions on it um, regarding like their website. But prior to that, I also use a system called Dubsado and I have Mm -hmm. questionnaires and automatic workflows on there with questionnaire um, templates that are sent to to the client. But the templates I'm talking about are to expound on that even further, like as I'm working on their website or social media, I'll come up with questions 
and I'll, you know, send it to them in a table format and they fill it out on the right hand side and my questions are on the left hand side. And it's just a really easy way to deal with busy business owners because they can just work their way down that table and fill out all the answers to the best of their knowledge. And then I sit there and I revise it, edit it, or make it better to add good content to their site or their social media posts. So I really recommend using some kind of cloud collaboration software like Microsoft Office, uh, Google Docs, even Canva has collaboration. Mm -hmm. But anything like that is going to really, really help you make sure that you're truly collaborating and bringing your client's vision to life and not just doing what you think is best because you can do so much work thinking this is the way it should be and then have to go back and do a lot more work later because it's not what they want. So you bringing your vision and your client's vision together, the best way to do that is with some kind of cloud collaboration document or template. So that is one thing that I really recommend and it's made my business thousand times better and just so much more powerful. The second thing I would recommend is um, doing automatic workflows. Mm. So automation is something that a lot of people um, do not invest in and it can really help their processes. So, you know, even as simple as having a contact form with an automation program like Dubsado and having that contact form port your client info into a CRM so that you have all their information, their contracts and everything all in one spot. I used to log into so many different softwares before I did that. So having your contact form on your website link up to something that puts them into some kind of process or some kind of CRM really helps. Um, And that goes more towards, well, it goes towards entrepreneurs and marketers because business owners, all all kinds of business owners can do that. And I'm actually doing a whole automation um, CRM implementation for one of my clients right now. And it takes a long time to do Mm -hmm. it from start to finish. But even if you have it just in the start so that they're all managed in one spot, that is a huge, huge thing for my business. And the more you automate things up front, the more time you have in the long run. So that is um, another one that allows you to scale up your business better too. So then the third one would be, (laughs) I had it and then (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. We can I have so edit many it. hacks. It's hard to pick up. Pick I know. Up. I know. So, um, Grammarly, I mean, there's so many softwares that you can use to make your life easier, but Grammarly is a really great one. It's a plugin that's mm-hmm. built into your desktop. So as you're typing, even in Canva and social media and Word doc and anything, anything that you're typing on a website, it'll catch errors and grammar mistakes and, um, spelling errors, all that kind of stuff for you, yeah. which, no matter how amazing you are at spelling, if you're going through and making a whole huge website, it's great for it to catch it for you before you publish that live site. So, you know, just really use plugins and software to the most you can. I really think that's the best strategy for most people. I love it. I love Grammarly and I love watching those ads (laughs) on YouTube. They've definitely filled up every video, almost every other video that I watched, there's a Grammarly ad. And it's absolutely an amazing software because it'll fix your grammar mistakes and your spelling mistakes as you're writing. So, cause I write a lot of descriptions. I mm-hmm. write a lot of, go through a lot of document transcripts for the podcast and, mm-hmm. and it's always telling me how to write better. And it just makes yeah. you look smarter and, and sound smarter too. You can lose a lot of credibility with people just from a simple typo. 
Like if, you know, I'm meticulous and my business is meticulous and I have a typo on my website, it's going to cause a lot of doubt that is she really meticulous? So, you know, it's extremely important to always have proper grammar and proper spelling unless, you know, your target audience and your brand is more like slang related, you know, Mm -hmm. like using fun words and just being silly, then you really definitely want to be, you know, a hundred percent on all of that. So I really recommend Grammarly. Nice. I love it. Well, there you have it guys. Use a collaboration software like Google Docs or Microsoft Word or anything out there that lets you collaborate with your client. Number two, use automation. Automation is amazing because it helps keep the ball in your client's court, right? Anytime the ball is in your court and you don't have the time to respond to that, to them, to them, it's like, oh my God, this guy doesn't want to pay attention or, you know, he's not taking me for, or or not giving me the time of day as I'm their client. It's really important. And then of course, using software like Grammarly to help you write better. Thank you so much for those hacks to take away, guys. Simple, but amazing, powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. ex- exactly. All right, this is the point of the episode where we come and talk about the personal, the person behind the business, right? Jessica Edwards, she's the person behind the business. So let's learn a little bit more about Jessica. Jessica, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Um, I wish I got more into sewing. I've always loved clothing and fashion design and really making clothes look good on all types of women too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'm very critical of fashion out there and I love fashion shows, but I can't sew. And if I could sew, I could seriously come up with some really cool designs, but it's just like a little secret passion that I have, Mm. you know, so I would love to be able to sew and make my own clothes and well, you guess what? what? Guess what, Jess? Um, as you put these automations in place and the, build out the teams, <laughs> guess what you're going to be doing? I'm going to be sewing. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, a big thing I want to do is yeah, get back into some of my hobbies for mm-hmm. sure. And I can't yeah. do any of that right now. Now, what's what's funny is that my mom has been sewing since forever. She even used to sew clothes for me when I was like five and six years old, right? So mm-hmm. these uh, safari suits that she would <laughs> sew, I'm like, oh my god! And then she did, she she sew, she sew some really elaborate frocks and and dresses for my sisters. It was it was just amazing. It is. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they can fit me exactly because I can take my measurements. Exactly. And, it's so yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'm just tired of trying to fit into other people's idea of clothing. Like, I want to make my own. So that's something I've always wanted to do since I was little. Nice. Beautiful. I love it. Next question. What did you want to be when you were a child? Oh, gosh, that changed a lot. So I've always (laughs) had, like, so many different talents. And I was told, you're the jack of all trades and the master of none. And Mm. so I never felt like I fit into one career. You know, I'm just... So I thought I wanted to be a teacher and then an architect and then a clothing designer. And then, you know, just, I always knew I want to do something with my talents, but then um, I didn't really know what I wanted to be until I graduated with my MBA and Mm -hmm. realized my passion and helping, you know, my passion's always been to help people. So then I was like, okay, well, I can help people and use all my skills all together. So that I didn't really know what I wanted to be until I was much older, but it changed all the time when I was a kid because 
I was so lost. I was like, I have all these talents, but I don't know where I can use them. So, yeah, you know, I've been studying human design lately and I don't know if you've heard of human design. Mm -hmm. It finds out it, it basically tells your energetic type and 20% of the people in the world are projectors and they'll, they can take ideas from other people. No, that's not how it works. But there's, there's something in there where when you're around people, it, okay, so 50% of the people in the world have an open mind space, meaning they mm -hmm. can take ideas from other people and like, oh, that's my idea. But then when the other people move out, move away, it's like, wait, I thought I liked that one. But then, then you're like in aura of somebody else and they have a different idea. So you kind of like absorb different energies and like, okay, this is what I want to be. But then it's not till when you're hanging out alone with yourself that you really realize what you're really passionate about. And that might be 100% true because I've always been around people and then mm -hmm. with COVID happening and then being a new mom, I was yeah. home completely alone and it left me a lot of time to reflect, you know, yeah. but I've taken all those career tests and college and high school, the Enneagrams, all those yeah. things. And I am one of those people that it could never give me a hard answer because mm. I have maybe a hundred personalities or something, yeah. but you know, <laughs> no, but you know, I'm motivated and I'm optimistic and I'm outgoing and all these yeah. different things. So it would never narrow me down. So I just mm. always felt like, I don't know where I belong and now yeah. I, yeah. do. I belong here. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you found where you belong because you're doing amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. Next question. This is my favorite one. What is your favorite movie or TV show? That's a hard one. Um, <laughs> when it comes to comedy, I really enjoy like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and okay. Modern Family and, you know, just so silly, fun comedies. Mm -hmm. I love Modern Family. I can't, yeah. I really, it really shocked me how much I love that show. I ended up watching it like four times. So that's nice. one of those shows I can have on in the background and just laugh. And, you know, it's just a great show. It's all around amazing. So for comedy that but i have like favorites in every genre yeah um i love like historical fiction shows like the mm. tutors and like um the ah, goodness what's the name of that one ah the one um rain r-e-i-g-n you okay. know and i like those historical ones too mm -hmm. those are great and then you know documentaries i love love shark tank that would probably be my favorite 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 show because every right. time i watch that show it does the opposite effect of every other show yeah it makes me want to get off the couch and go work every exactly time right I watch it, i'm like they're right they're working all the time what am i doing watching what TV? am i doing and i get TV? up and i like go to work every time i love that show and it gives me so many good ideas on mm -hmm. how to talk to my clients even and stuff because yeah they say some really powerful things in that show so that's probably Not my favorite 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 show Nice. I love it. Yeah. There's right. a lot of good movies and TV now. It's so hard to choose. <laughs> it is very hard to choose. It, it's absolutely hard to choose. And, and um, once you pick once you pick one, it's like, okay, do I really like the one anymore? <laughs> but for me, it's been it's always been the Matrix because it, it goes deep mm -hmm. into the mind and you know how Matrix is a classic. we're being controlled. Like, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty deep. And that that goes hand in hand with Minority Report too, which is yes, always been one of my favorites. Too. Yes, I like those mind-boggling ones like yeah. uh, Memento, mm -hmm. uh, Minority Report. Inception was another one. Inception's a good one too. Yeah. yeah. All right, sweet. Next question: What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? What movie would I choose? 
Uh, Wonder Woman. I'd be Wonder Woman, clearly. There you go. Mm-hmm. People know me as that, actually. I've been called that for many years and there you jobs. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I love closet. it. I love it. We have Wonder Woman in the house, guys. <laughs> Even so my PlayStation tag name is Linda Carter 91, which is the name. Nice. Of yeah. So <laughs> find me on PlayStation, which I never play anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're too busy building businesses, you know? I love it. All right. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Hmm. Have you ever played the game Acquire? Acquire? No. So Acquire is an older game and it is about creating business. So I know it's it's really a fun game. It's so strategic and you can mm-hmm. play with two people or four people, but there's like a board and you're trying to fill up the board with as much of your business as you can. Okay. And it's really, really cool. And it makes you think too. It, it's a cool game. I like games that make you think. And then of course I have a lot, I'm a board game fanatic. I have mm-hmm. a whole closet of board games and probably have at least 50 to 60 board games. Wow. And that doesn't See, include my card games. So it's a hard one to choose again. No, but, games, but that's, but. that's really good because you know, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people and they're like, I, don't know what board games <laughs> I am supposed to be. But acquires- I, uh, Scrabble's a good one. Me and my grandma played Scrabble ever since I was little, and it helped me a lot with words. And I, mm. I honestly always thought I could go into like a Scrabble tournament. Like, there you go. I love Scrabble too. So, <laughs> but we're gonna put down acquire. Acquire A C Q U I R multiplayer yep. mergers and acquisitions themed board game. I know. I'm such love a nerd. It. I love that game. <laughs> well, uh, this past weekend, uh, my son learned how to play Monopoly, and mm-hmm. he's 12 years old, and he was he had a lot of blast. We had like all of us playing the game. It's a fun uh, game, but sometimes it doesn't end. <laughs> no, it never ends. And they're like, "When is this gonna end?" <laughs> and then uh, my aunt was also playing, and my son was like, "Oh, can I can I get the railroad? Can I buy the railroad card from you?" And she's like fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> it's like no, that's not fair. It's like, but well, it's supply and demand, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, I used to play the computer version too when I was a kid, and oh, stuff. Nice. like because back when I was a kid, my dad he's in IT. He mm-hmm. connected our three physical computers in our house through yeah. LAN, so we could play a game on our three these are old computers you yeah, know yeah, yeah. i was in the basement playing my parents were upstairs and we would play scrabble we'd play bottles nice. play monopoly and it was fun yeah we, we used to do that with gta the first version of gta within yeah. the local land it was it was so much fun all right justice has been so much fun talking to you thank you so much for your time where can thank my audience you. find you um, many places, but my handle for Facebook, Instagram, and everything is the same. It's Meticulous Jess LLC. And then my website's meticulousjess.com or Meticulous Jess Marketing. Both go to the same. Um, okay. And all my info's on there. And uh, right now I have a free um, strategy session that's 20 minutes that you can go on my website and book with me. So if you go on my website and book that, I, I give you like a mini strategy and we discuss like the, what you need to do. Even if you don't hire me, I do that for people so then they have a nice. better understanding what they need to do. Yep. I love that, Jess. Thank you so much for that. Again, uh, we'll be sure to include the links in the show notes and thank we'll you. catch you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thanks and for we'll... having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Jess. It, it was uh, really fun chatting with you. 
and learning about you and, and seeing that pattern of, you know, what it, what does it really take to go from taking your hobby into a full-time business? And it's that hard work, not quitting and just keep on going and, and every day, every day. Mm -hmm. right. So thank you again so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Janine. Have a great day. Have a great day. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Check out the show notes for contacting Jessica and learning more about how she can help you with your strategy for your business. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today. 